When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the University of Oklahoma, this is a Sooner Football special press conference with head football coach Lincoln Riley. Today's press conference is brought to you by Express Employment, putting a million people to work. Now here's the head football coach at the University of Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. Coach. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, Welcome. It's been, been a long time since I've uh, seen a lot of you guys. So good to see everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, yeah, lots, lots gone on since we, certainly since we last met. Um, you know, first, really excited to finish out this recruiting class. I know we got a chance after the, the first signing day, which has really become the real signing day to talk about the majority of the class, but certainly excited to welcome to welcome Chandler, uh, Josh Eaton, uh, Reggie Grimes, all three of those guys. Um, certainly, you know, we'll be here to answer any questions about them individually, but obviously three important players to kind of top off the class for us. Certainly to get a to get a quarterback, which as we continued to evaluate that position, felt like that was uh, the right thing to do and felt like we kind of had the, the, the guy we wanted all along that, that fell back into our lap. Um, Certainly, with some of the situation that went on with Arkansas and and uh, and, and and Coach Morris, and uh, so obviously it was a tough situation uh, for for that family, but then ended up I think you know turning into a great thing for both. We were certainly excited to get to to get Chandler here, and I know Chad's excited to get started at Auburn. So um, you know felt felt very fortunate to be able to get a guy that honestly was our favorite quarterback in that class from from second one. Um, uh, Reggie Grimes, very, very exciting young defensive player. He actually watches his high school film. He played a lot of tailback, uh, which you love seeing for a guy that's, you know, 6'4", 240 pounds already. Uh, but great athlete, has a great pedigree. Uh, 
you know, it was just kind of one of those elite edge guys that we were really, really thrilled to, to get in here. And uh, he's going to be, you know, a really, really nice addition to that front. And then, and then obviously Josh Eaton uh, was certainly one of the top corners for us from from second one. And I, we've continued to preach in the defensive secondary, adding length um, and adding guys with documented speed. And he he fits those two without a doubt. So we'll be excited to get those guys here with the rest of the class. Um, about half our class came in mid-year, uh, and it's it was great to to get those guys um, off to a great start. I really I really feel like that's something that we've learned a lot about in the last few years. It's these guys coming in mid, coming in mid-year is, is different. Um, it's a totally different approach. Um, they kind of get thrown into the fire right away, as opposed to the players that come in summer and they're only maybe taking one or two classes and they kind of ease into everything. And when you come in mid-year, it's certainly not an ease in. It's a, it's a different transition. And I've been really proud about how um, this group has handled it so far. So staff has done a good job planning. These guys have handled it well. And our and our returning players have done a great job of, of helping those guys get acclimated. So very, very promising young group. I'm um, so excited to, to get going with those guys and certainly excited to get on the field uh, with spring ball coming here in, in just about a month. So. Uh, yeah, the rest of the team has had a, a really strong off season. Certainly here here in the beginning, um, a lot of lot of gains in the strength department. Uh, we're getting ready to start our coaches' stations week next week, which is uh, kind of a legendary week around here. Has been for a long time, and one of the traditions that we've certainly carried forward. And so, be a chance for our team to kind of all get together, compete. A lot of a lot of mental toughness. Um, a, a chance for our coaches to certainly get back and, and kind of heavily involved on a day-to-day basis with our guys, and, and uh, so excited about that. And then we'll have uh, we'll have two weeks coming up of, of workouts after our coaches stations week, and then and then into spring ball. Uh, plan is right now to get a couple of practices before spring break. Um, come back after spring break, get the rest of the practices, and then uh, as you guys saw, we've announced it's going to have the spring game on. On April the 18th, the 18th, which we're 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 fired up about, uh, we're working on a game time. I know we'll get that announced uh, here for you guys shortly. So it's been uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's it's certainly exciting to see this this team starting to come together with the new additions and some of the young guys that we really felt like that have progressed. Um, and so yeah, we can't wait to get started with these guys with coaching stations, and certainly can't wait for spring ball to get here. Okay, we'll begin with Jason Kersey. You mentioned that Chandler was your kind of favorite quarterback all along. Early on when you offered him, did you think it was going to be hard to get him with his dad being in Arkansas? And then can you also talk about how that kind of came together? Yeah, um, well, I knew it was going to be a factor. Um, you know, and, and families and well, we've dealt with coaches' sons before, and, and sometimes that's families do not want that. And sometimes if it's a great situation, they do. And, and uh, I felt like all along that if, if – Chandler didn't go play for his dad that he would come here. We had a great relationship and thought it was a great fit. And frankly, we got to the point in this class where we said if we if we get Chandler, then then uh, you know, then obviously we're gonna we're gonna take him. And if we can't get him, I I to be honest, I didn't find another quarterback out there that 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 we really fell in love with and we thought was the right guy for us. And so as time went on, uh it it you know, the, obviously the situation at Arkansas happened. You know, Chandler and his family reached back out to us to see if, if we had interest, which we certainly did. And, uh, 
yeah, you know, had, had good visits with him, his family. Um, it's it's great dealing with the family that's that's been through this process, you know, and understood it, and and uh, it just ended up being a, the right fit, I think, for everybody in the end. Eric Bailey, Lincoln, when you were hired, you were 31, and you sat next to Coach Dukes when he announced your addition to the staff. What's it like now sitting in the chair you're at and introducing a 31-year-old DeMarco Murray to the staff? <laughs> Well, there's no question who the best athlete on the staff is now. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think about that some on these days. Yeah, because I, I certainly remember all of that, and kind of crazy to, to to think all that's happened. You know, in the time since then, all the success and the change of roles, and all the fun that we've had, all the great things that have happened. So, but it excites you because I think there's a lot more of that in the future, and uh, so. Um, you know, both of these guys, and I know we'll talk about them both here in a minute, but both DeMarco and, and Jamar were, uh, I just don't feel like we, like we could have done any better. Um, both just the right guys, the right kind of people, the right kind of recruiters, coaches at the right time, just exactly what our program needed. Coppers, Bill? Lincoln, uh, you were hit transfer portal hard, especially on defense. Did you see it coming at all? Yeah, yeah. How's that going to affect spring? We did see it coming. Um, I think I think it's a combination of one. This day and age, you're going to lose a few guys in the transfer portal. I don't care who you are, or where you are. It's 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 going to happen. Um, and then second, I think some of it is a result of uh, our recruiting there continuing to continuing to improve, um, better younger talent. And then I think also, you know, just talking purely scheme fits for a couple of the guys. I think there's a few guys that certainly were recruited to, uh, you know, by previous staff for a, for a radically different scheme. And this scheme was just not a great fit. And so, and then I think we had a few guys at the end of the day that were certainly just looking for maybe a better chance and better opportunity to compete. And so uh, I don't know that there was like one overlying factor that, you know, while we had so many, there were certainly several that we, we knew were coming or, or had an idea that they were coming. So not a surprise. Uh, I, I think we're, I think we're dealing with it, you know, in the best way that we can, like a lot of people and you know, a lot of coaches this day and age are struggling to get to 85 scholarships. And, uh, you know, you know, for the general public out there, everybody, you would naturally think, well, if you lose a scholarship player, you can replace him. And that's, that's not necessarily the case. You know, we have a hard cap of 25 per year. And uh, you may have 30 scholarships available, but you can only bring in 25 new players. And that, that's counted whether it's a high school player, a JUCO player, or even, you know, a graduate transfer. And so it's, uh, you know, I know it's something that rules, uh, you know, the rules committee, the NCAA coaches, ADs, everybody's looking at because it's, we're honestly, we're in a lot better situation than most places with it. Joey Homer. You've now got uh, three coaches on your staff that also played here. What kind of impact can and does that have? Um, to me, it's never the reason why you hire somebody, uh, but it's a, certainly a nice benefit. Um, guys that have, have lived it here and know what this place is about, uh, you know, they're, they're guys that chose here and, uh, and chose to be here. And a lot of those guys had a lot of great options when, when it was their time to come out. And so... You know, they can kind of share their journey, certainly with our current players, with our recruits, um, have a history with our fans. I mean, I think it's a, a really, really nice bonus, but the, the key is finding the right individual. And if they, if, they, if they happen to match up, then all the better.
Lincoln DeMarco was a great player here, but he, a lot of people didn't feel like he'd ever get into coaching. And so when he jumped into coaching, did that grab your attention? Did you know a lot about him? Did it, is that how, it, this, how did this really come together since he's only been coaching for one year? Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a guy I felt like I knew a little bit just from being here because I heard so much about him from, from second one. Uh, just you knew the kind of player he was. I mean, everybody saw that, but I think the, the, the kind of person he was, the kind of worker, the guy that just kind of all around was, was excellent. And, um, you know, and seeing him translate it into a great NFL career and be able to jump right into a broadcasting career and, you know, go right to calling games. I mean, just and do so well with that. And, and then I, I, I knew through, you know, he had spent a little bit of time up here and then certainly obviously he's very close with, with Coach Gundy and uh, knew that he wanted to get into coaching and it didn't surprise me that, that you know, Coach Sumlin gave him a chance at Arizona, um, you know, with his, with his history and with his pedigree. And, you know, in talking with some of those people, even before we had a running back job open, it was very apparent that um, – he had made a strong impression in a short amount of time, which is no surprise. I mean, he's done that in everything he's that I've been aware of, everything he's done since he got to OU. And uh, so uh, we had a good meeting uh, after our, our running back job came open, and, and there was no question he was the right guy. Kerry Murdoch. Lincoln, uh, you, you, t- you talked about the players that weren't a fit that transferred out. How much pressure did that kind of put on you guys to make you know the evaluations to bring in you know, this class defensively, and, and uh, how much excitement was there knowing that you were now being able to recruit to a system kind of for the first time? Yeah, it, it was exciting. It was cert- it was certainly different, and it's going to get more different in a in a positive way as we go on. But you could feel the results of making some of the jumps we did defensively. I mean, there's no. I, I, again, I know you guys have gotten tired of me saying it, but it just. It feels like recruiting offensively after the 2015 season. I mean, it was just we've had some success, you know, some some big jumps with a lot of the same players. We're not as good yet as we're getting ready to be, but now we feel like we can go and have a great shot with anybody. And and now those players can look and see the direct results. And I mean, I mean, if you're a you know if you're a high school recruit and you sit there and say, you know, look what they did. They they went and jumped. In some cases, 80, 100 spots in the national rankings on all in, in a lot of different major categories defensively. They did it with largely the same players in a number of months. What can they do with me in two, three, four years? And that's those are the, that's the same question that went through Kyler Murray's mind and went through Marquise's mind and went through Ceedee Lamb's mind and and on down the line and and Creed Humphreys. I mean, th- those are the same things those kids thought about, and then they chose OU and and have all reaped the benefits. And so this this class defensively was a huge step in that direction. Um, and it's gonna get better. Did you I mean did you see some just personal personally see some evaluations uh, where, you know, maybe the guy isn't, you know, five stars, but you, you saw what, you know, the coaches were looking for that made you feel more confident what I, I would say in this class, um, it's always interesting and I you know, everybody wants to judge classes when they sign, which is the absolute worst time you can judge a class. Um, that's that's always yet to be seen. I, I would say in this class that we had more on both sides of the ball, maybe guys that for whatever reason weren't 
highly ranked by recruiting service that we were absolutely thrilled with when they committed inside with us. And uh, so some, some years they go like that. I think you got to be confident and very assured in what you're looking for and the guys you target. And I, I, there's, there's a lot of guys that, that we signed that we wouldn't trade for anybody. Tyler Palmatier. Well, can you guys announce the date for the spring game today? But the success of last year, the way at least the perceived success of having it at night, are you consider? Is there any talk that it could be at night? It's a possibility. It is. Um, you know, we're going to have a couple of cool things happening around it, and there's there's certainly a, a lot of organizations. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't have to change it two or three days out, uh, but we'll adjust if needed. But yeah, that's certainly a factor. There's no question the the night atmosphere last year brought up, you know, a unique kind of buzz into the stadium for a spring game. And, and, and you know, we've talked a lot about how our fans were so great to, to handle the change and, and our administration, everybody. And so uh, it's a factor, but there's a couple other things that are very important that day, too, that we got to work around. And kind of another spring-related question. I was just curious, have you talked to have been able to gauge whether uh, yeah, no, I've talked to Jalen, uh, doing well. I've uh, been able to stay in touch with him and, and a lot of our guys that are, you know, getting ready to make steps. So um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to let him handle that part of it. But uh, I know he's, he's enjoying the process and doing a great job so far. A few more before we bring Jamar and DeMarco up. Jenny Carlson. Hey, Lincoln, another question about the spring game. You seem to really like the Friday aspect of last year, too. Did you give any thought to potentially having a Friday night spring game? And if not, what were some of the factors? We, we did kick it around. Um, it, I, there were some cool benefits of it last year. Again, the weather was the biggest determining factor last year. I think in... In our mind, we we sat there and said, if we're going to do another night game, though, let's 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 go ahead and do it on Saturday, um, just you know, for families, uh, for those that you know that that work Monday through Friday, being able to get here from maybe a little bit further distance, um, whether in state or out of state. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to balance the recruiting schedule because it is such an important weekend, and then also you know trying to do the best thing for the the, the majority of our fans. So we thought the weekend maybe gives a few more people an opportunity to get here and enjoy obviously the game, and then again there's going to be a lot of pretty cool things around it as well. Gary, Lincoln, I want to ask you about resources. It seems to become a uh, it gets to be a bigger deal every year. The yeah. budgets and, and staff sizes and. I mean, we used to ask Bob all the time about facilities. It seems like now it's we we're asking coaches about about resources, yeah. what they've got. For you to keep up with the likes of Alabama, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and the money that's pouring into the Big Ten and the SEC, how how concerned are you here? You're supported here, I know that, but I mean, how concerned are you that that you keep up with what they've got to offer in terms of just resources and helping you do that job? Yeah, no, good question. Um, I don't think concerned is the right word because I know the support of our, our fan base, our donors, our administration. I, I know that, you know, we, I think we're very aligned in where we're headed. Uh, but I think everybody realizes that we've got to continue to push forward. You know, we, we've done, we've had a great run in the last several years, both on the field, what we've done facility wise. Uh, there's been so many positives, but you you can't we can't sit back and just think about oh well we have a you know one of the top facilities now this or that we we've got to keep pushing and that's 
that's kind of been our message from day one is, is you got to appreciate the great things and appreciate the success and all that because it is hard to come by. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know for, I think the, the resources are a part of it, certainly. Um, us continuing to do our job at a high level and continuing to get better as a program is a part of it. And it, and it takes us all. I mean, it's people want to continue to have the success that we've had. If we want to continue to push to – to take the next step and to keep winning championships and to keep competing for and, and eventually winning national championships, then everybody's got to be going the same direction and everybody's got to continue to push forward. And I think we've got a group that's that's ready to do that. And, you know, frankly, this place wouldn't be nearly as appealing as it is to me or, you know, some of these great coaches that we have here if we didn't have that, but we do. And uh, so, but the key is we got to keep pushing, all of us. Uh, Marco, recent player here, but also recent in the NFL. How much that that play in the fact? I mean, he's going to get some some notices just for him, but not only in the NFL or both. Not that you've had trouble recruiting running backs, but how's that helping? And another related question to last season: the guys suspended, are they going to have to miss games next season? Uh, first question on Demarco. Similar answer to me um, about you know hiring a former player. Um, it's it's a great thing, you know, him playing in the NFL, having the kind of career he 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 did, the name recognition, all of that. That that's great, but that's that in itself to me is never the reason to hire somebody. You got to see somebody that's the kind of person, the kind of worker, the kind of coach, the kind of recruiter that you want. And then if they have those things, to me, it's just an added bonus. So, um, but certainly was not the reason that we wanted to hire him. But but there's no doubt with with our with our recruits, our current players. I mean. You know, all these guys that grew up, you know, grew up watching him play, and to say that's not a not a factor in those relationships, uh, you know, would would not be accurate as well either. So, um, I think it'll be a great benefit for us. Uh, yeah, as far as the the other guys, we'll 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 get to that at a later date. There's you know processes ongoing, so I, I don't have anything further right now. Okay, last one, Ryan Aber. Lincoln, going back to Marco. One, how much of a relationship did you have with him? Four and, and two. What are the benefits and the challenges of a guy who one came into coaching late comparatively, and uh, also um, that only has one year of coaching? Yeah, uh, our, our relationship, I would say, was limited. You know, I, I, from my perspective, I knew a lot about him as a player and then like I said I learned a lot about him even before getting a chance to spend a lot of time with him up here you know having the guy that been in the meeting room the last five years with the guy that recruited him and coached him you know you you, you know a lot about a guy and uh, so yeah and, and then DeMarco came through at various times through the last several years and had a chance to to meet him and spend some time around him you kind of get a feel for his presence and the kind of guy he is um, yeah, and then I was, you know, I, I went into, you know, when we sat down and and, uh, and interviewed DeMarco, I went into it saying, look, it, I'm interviewing this like this is some guy I've never seen play ball that I have no idea where he went to college. I just want to see what the coach is about. And uh, it was very, it's like with, you know, really good players, you, a lot of times you just, you can see it like right away, like you just know, there's no doubt. And it's, you could tell that with him as a coach. I mean, that from... Second one, you could tell he was well beyond his years. That he had. I think a lot of players think they under think they know what coaching is about, and 
they maybe weren't near as perceptive um, or when they were players and maybe didn't pick up on as much as they thought they did and then they get on the other side of it and it's totally different and I think DeMarco's one of those guys that probably took a lot from every single experience. It certainly appears that way and has been a, a quick riser and it was really kind of a no-brainer. And I would say the same thing about Jamar. It's a, Jamar had certainly a different path, but another guy that, you know, Alex and I sat down with him for a few minutes and it was, again, when you just know, you know. I mean, I've never been one of those guys that's going to sit there and interview 20 people. That's that's not me. I've, I've, I've always been a little bit more decisive with the hires we've had here. And you, these two guys very quickly, there was – I knew within talking to these guys for 10 minutes that I wanted these guys on our staff and thrilled to get them both. Okay. We're going to pause and bring in Jamar and DeMarco. Now stepping up to the and joining Coach Riley on the dais are the two newest members of the OU coaching staff, outside linebackers coach Jamar Kane and running backs coach DeMarco Murray. They're both joining Coach Riley at the uh, All right. hey, dais. Go for it, Don. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, yeah, obviously we had a chance to visit about these two, but excited to, to welcome uh, both Jamar and DeMarco. Uh, Jamar's responsibilities uh, do want to clarify a little bit different than the release that we put out. Uh, he'll coach our outside linebackers and our and our defensive ends. Um, Calvin Thibodeau will remain as the the defensive line coach. Uh, as you guys know, we're we're very multiple in the front, so those guys will certainly be working together quite a bit. There'll be a, a few of our players that are pretty versatile that will that will have some crossover, some carryover between both coaches, but. As Coach Grinch and I, one, kind of looked at uh, the responsibilities of our coaching staff and looked at potential candidates. We knew this setup was something that we were interested in. And so uh, Jamar's experience certainly throughout his career and, and his knowledge of the game, in addition to how, how great a job he's done recruiting most recently as Arizona, at Arizona State, you know, made that uh, really a pretty easy decision for us. So excited to kind of have the one-two punch there of, of both uh, Jamar and, and Calvin there on the defensive front and really, really excited about how well those two are going to work together. So uh, thrilled to welcome these two guys here. So you guys have Adam. Okay, first question on the right, Jenny Carlson. Hey, Jamar, Jenny Carlson with the Oklahoma. Um, you, your success recruiting, Lincoln just alluded to at Arizona State, three of the top 30 guys out of California you get last year. How do you, how, how have you had such success? What do you sort of attribute that to? And then how do you balance out with bringing guys in and developing because that's something you've done over your career as well. Um, I think that success, success comes from just building relationships with uh, coaches, players, and just being consistent in my behavior with the kids and always staying e even kill. And then even if they tell you no right away, just kind of stay consistent and continuing to talk to them and just building relationships throughout the years. And it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So because these things last for about a year, year and a half, however long it goes, but you just got to stay consistent with the kids. And then when you get them in, you just got to build them up from day from day one. That's what I thought I've always done pretty well and build them up from day one and uh, continue just to coach them. Coach them every day. That's what I try to do. They go to the middle, Kerry Murdoch. DeMarco, when you gave up that broadcasting career, <laughs> did you thinking a year and a half you'd be a coach at Oklahoma ever? 
I didn't. I didn't. But um, it was definitely a dream of mine to obviously end up back here and be at this prestigious program and place where it started for me. And I consider it home, even though I'm from Las Vegas. But this was um, a place that helped jumpstart me professionally and um, on and off the field. So just the people in this organization and having a chance to come back here and um, obviously learn and, and help, you know, compete for a lot of championships. You know, I was I was very privileged to have that opportunity. Was it just you wanted to be closer to football than the broadcast? Why you made that decision in the first place? Yeah, I did. You know, I, I enjoyed the broadcasting, and um, I knew at some point I wanted to get into coaching. Uh, that was my calling. I missed the game, and, um, you know, what better place to obviously be here. And, um, you know, when I retired, you know, broadcasting was a step. But, I, like I said, you know, coaching was, was somewhere in my future. I didn't know when or how, um, but I was able to be um, a coach with Coach Sumlin, a guy who was here with me, and he gave me that opportunity. So I'm very thankful for him, you know, and um, bringing me in. But um, I'm extremely excited to be here. You guys will love this. Actually, DeMarco doesn't know that I know this, but uh, after word broke that uh, – that we were going to be looking for a new running back, running back coach. I was actually in Dallas recruiting with Coach Gundy, and he showed me his phone, and DeMarco sent him a text with the eyeballs. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah, I thought that was, uh, so that was a good, good, uh, good recruit for us there as well. <laughs> you want to comment on that, DeMarco? I did, I did. I saw, I saw, I saw the news, and um, at first I was shocked because I, I didn't know anything, but, you know, um, I, I did send him the emoji eyes and, that's all I sent. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't know he showed you that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those have been pretty good around here. Yeah. yeah. We'll stay in the middle, Eric Bailey. DeMarco, what was your immediate thought as soon as Oklahoma reached out to you? And uh, how much have you admired this offense from afar? Um, a lot. I've always paid attention to Oklahoma ever since I left um, 12 years ago. And this is a, a place for me that, once again, I consider it home and a lot of familiar faces and people here. And that reasoning is because it's a family program, and you don't stay around here for a long time if you're not doing the right things consistently. And um, when I first got the the call and you know the opportunity to interview, I mean, I was extremely excited, um, nervous, and um, but excited, you know, just for the opportunity to obviously go in there and interview and um, hopefully, you know, have a chance to, to you know impress those guys and, and and go about it that way. But. Um, I'm extremely happy to be back, and um, this is, you know, um, surreal. It's very surreal to be back, and I'm excited. Okay, far right, Barry Trammell. Yeah, uh, for both of you, did you guys know each other uh, before this came together? You shared a field together in November. <laughs> Went better for uh, for Jamar. But um, did you guys know each other at all? And uh, what? First day I walked in here, DeMarco said, hey, Happy we're on the same team now. <laughs> yeah, so. my, my backs didn't have a good success that game, so because of him. But yeah, I'm happy to obviously be with him now. Okay, uh, James Hale. Jamar, you coached with uh, under Herm Edwards, who's really a great guy and a great coach. And from reading things about you, you guys were pretty close. So how tough was it to leave him, and what was it about Oklahoma that got you away from the mentor? Um, first of all, I, I'm so thankful that Herm gave me the opportunity to come to Arizona State. Uh, you know, was, I didn't want to go in there his office and talk to him. I kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And I was like, you got to go talk to him. And Herm is like a, a grandfather, a father figure to everybody. So I walked by, I was walking to his office and the secretaries grabbed me and gave me a hug because everybody knew I was leaving. Then Herm was walking out of his office and he gave me a big old hug. I was like, man, come on in here, let's talk. So that just gave me a, a sense of comfort. But uh, 
you know, when I went there and talked talk to him, he was so excited for me. He said, I'm happy for you and your family and Coach Riley and what we're doing here at Oklahoma is going to be a good uh, good deal for you. But uh, it was tough to talk to him just because he's such a father figure to everybody. He's a great mentor. He's a great man. And uh, you got to listen more than you talk around him because you're going you're gonna to forget some stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's just – it was tough. And then, you know, it's, it's Oklahoma and the opportunity to work for Coach Riley, work for Alex Grinch and the guy that I've had a – Great affinity for since uh, everything he's done at Washington State and then stuff he did at Ohio State. And we almost crossed paths at Wyoming. He was walking out the door. I was walking into the door. So just hearing all that stuff about Alex, I was excited to be here. And you can't tell Oklahoma no. Okay. Second row middle, John Hoover. Yeah, DeMarco, uh, welcome back. First of all, um, when you were playing, did you think post-football career I want to be a coach? Was that part of your decision? And then as your career started winding down, whatever that was, were you ever thinking, man, if I could just get back to Oklahoma or something like that? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a coach at some point in my life when I was done playing. Um, I, I've had such a a great um, upbringing with family, friends, coaches that um, have helped me on and off the field, and I wouldn't be where I where I am now, especially from a lot of the coaches here. And um, it's always a point to me to you know what can I do to help young guys and young athletes pursue their goals and. Um, and coaching, you know, what better way to do it? Obviously, being here, and and I just didn't know when or how I was going to get into the profession. And and when I got the call from Coach Sumlin a year ago, I was obviously excited and accepted it. And having an opportunity when the running back job opened up here, sent the emoji eyes <laughs> to Gundy, and then um, you know I just you know felt that you know I just wanted to interview, and I didn't you know call anyone, ask them to do this or do that. Obviously, it's Coach Lincoln's decision and I didn't want to influence him in any way or make a call so um, you know that's I've always had it in my mind to be a coach I just didn't know the timing you know aspect of it when you uh, quick follow-up when you were um, before you said when you got the call from Kevin summer was that a deal where you had let it known put it out there I want to be want to move into coaching because you had gotten rave reviews on television everybody thought well DeMarco's future is obviously in television or did Someone called you and said, "Come coach." No, no, I, I had, I hadn't put any fillers out there. Um, I was, you know, to be honest, I, 34, 35. Um, that's when I kind of wanted to go into the coaching route. Wanted to spend some time with my family, and after a year, my wife was ready for me to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I didn't. I called one of his games. Um, I think week five or week six, and that's kind of how we reconnected. But there was never any conversation about, hey, if you have a job or anything like that. I never. I was enjoying the TV with Fox, and um, when the opportunity presented itself, like I said, um, with a guy that I knew, a guy that I trusted, and knew that I can learn from. Um, you know, I wanted to obviously take the opportunity to do that. Is it harder than you thought? It is. It is. You know, but it's fun and um, it's it's a challenge. But you know, that's what I'm used to. You know, my whole life, it's always been a competitive. Atmosphere and everything that I've done, and um, this is this is where you want to be. This is, you know, I know it's not easy, and and you know I'm excited about the process and excited to obviously learn and get better every single day. Okay, right side, Tyler Palmatier, Demarco. Uh, you just kind of touched on this, but what, what was the most challenging part about going from playing the position to you know, talking about football to then coaching it and making adjustments on the field, things of that nature? Um, for me, honestly, it was 
the fact that I had no control when I was when they were on the field, you know, and um, I trusted my players, and obviously you give them all the tools, and they're very receptive. Um, but just the fact that you're on the sidelines, you really don't have you know the physical control over it in that in that aspect. But um, it's been a very smooth and easy transition to be honest, only because of the coaches' staff that I was a part of last year, and now coming to the staff and. You know, um, they, they've obviously been doing a lot longer than I have, but I, I think it marries with, you know, what I've been able to do and just learning and listening and taking notes, you know, from everyone, whether it's offensively, defensively, special teams-wise. You know, I, I pride myself on watching everyone and learning, you know, good, bad, ugly, to whatever the case may be. You know, there's always something you can take from it. Do you have one experience specifically that stands out in terms that you felt was really eye-opening on the coaching side of things? Um, I, I would Kids, you know, how, how receptive and respectful they are, you know, um, nowadays things are a lot different. You know, when I was growing up and going through this process, it was about traditions and things of that nature. Now you move on and it's about uniforms and certain things of that nature. But, um, you know, I kind of wouldn't say I lost touch with the youth, but you hear certain things and you see how things are going. But, you know, just the recruiting aspect and, and the kids that we had on our team a year ago, even the kids now, I mean, they're extremely bright kids. They're very, they're they're very receptive, like I said. But um, I think that's and you know, all they want to do is learn and get better and compete. So you know, that, that's that's a, a great thing for me. Second row, Jason Kersey. Marco, um, does, does your success that you had in the NFL does that help in recruiting? And specifically, everybody knows how important Dallas is to OU's recruiting because of your success with the Cowboys. Does that open more doors for you? Does are kids more receptive to you because of your success in the NFL? To a certain degree. Um, obviously, you know, we know what my history was, but that's not something that I, I live on and, uh, and approach it that way. Um, I, I know there's a lot that goes into recruiting and getting to know the families and getting to know that player on a deeper level and emotional level that, that you have to connect with. So I, I think to a certain aspect, and, um, you know, that's not something that I talk about. That's not something that I, you know, Put out there and say, "Hey, this is who I am." So you should give me an opportunity. You know, that's that's to me, it's, a, it's sort of irrelevant. You know, it takes a lot deeper path and deep, a deeper emotional connection to get into it with these kids and their families. Well, why is that? Why do you view that as irrelevant? Um, I wouldn't say that maybe I used the wrong word, but um, yeah. I I wouldn't. That's not a slam dunk to get you. You know, in, into that relationship with that kid. You know, obviously they know, I know, and. Um, that's not that's not a recruiting pitch for me. Okay, second row on the Ryan Keegan right now. Lincoln, J Jamar had no immediate connection to you or Alex. How how did he become a target for you guys and what was it about his background that intrigued you? Um his name got brought to me by a couple of a couple of people that I really trust in the business, as did a lot of other names. Um and I just started researching him, and one, I found a guy that had had success everywhere he's been. Um, and then when you look at what he's done recruiting-wise in the last few years, he was just simply looking at those two things. We said, all right, we, we at least got to talk to this guy. And I'd never never met Jamar, uh, you know, before he walked in the door to come, come sit down with Alex and I. And uh, some people just grab you. They do. And, uh, and, and his – he grabbed my attention quickly because he was just very – he said it in his answer. He, he's very confident and very – kind of has a very focused um, approach to both recruiting and coaching and developing these kids. And uh, 
It's been tested through time. It's been tested at different universities under different defensive coordinators. And, and then as I started talking to a lot of the coaches that he had worked for, the, all the answers were the same. It was the same conversations every single time. So you, you love the consistency that he's had. So it was just, it was the right fit at the right time. And, and uh, you know, we know, you know how competitive Certainly the defensive line, defensive end, outside linebackers. I mean, those type of bodies, there's the least amount of them. They're the hardest to find, and everybody wants them. And uh, so you you got to be an elite recruiter. you got to be an elite developer of talent. And as we got to know, you know, Jamar, his family, it just they fit in with, with our culture here, our family atmosphere. It just it checked, uh, it checked every single box. Okay, right side, Jared. Yeah, hey, DeMarco, good to see you again. Um, I wanted to ask about Kale and uh, his influence on you in terms of coaching. Is there is there something that you have borrowed from him in terms of how he taught you that you now teach your your running backs? Yeah, honestly, um, there, there's a lot of similarities that that I took from him last year, my first year coaching. I mean, accountability is one, and and treating everyone the same, no matter if you're a walk-on or a starter. And um, he's a guy that obviously played a pivotal part in, in my growth as a player and as a man off the field. Um, so he, he's, he's obviously, I've stayed in touch with him since I left and um, tremendous amount of respect for who he is as a man, coach, and recruiter. Um, he does a great job in all three areas. And um, so there's a lot of drills, a lot of sayings, a lot of things that I do that's very similar to how he does it. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's helped me throughout the course of my career playing and my first year coaching as well. Didn't you bounce the idea of becoming a coach off of him? I, I did. I, I did. Um, when I first got the call from Coach Sumlin, uh, first person I called was um, Jason Witten, who was best friend of mine. And second person I called was Coach Stoops, um, who's obviously a guy that I still keep in contact with. And, um, you know, just to hear their advice. And um, Gundy was also, you know, third or fourth person that I called. Obviously, him having a relationship with Coach Sumlin and knowing the coaching, um, you know, atmosphere and, and the the time and, and whatnot. So, um, I've always stayed in, in touch with him, you know, good, bad, ugly, and, and he's always been a, a positive mentor for me and, and just kind of bouncing ideas and things off that, you know, I may need someone outside of my family to talk to about. Just a few more, Kerry Murdoch. Lincoln, I'm just curious when you go out to a higher hire an assistant coach, how much does kind of your background? play into what you're looking for and just that you know, Ruffin gave you that chance and how much does that play into you look for guys that you know um, might be you know have some of those same qualities you had you know wanting to be a coach mm. it's honestly a tough question to answer um, because I think every every hire is so different um, you know, I, I've, I've worked for guys. I, I've been lucky. The guys I've worked for in the past, I think, have all have always, I've always thought the best coaches as far as hiring assistant coaches. They don't care a whole lot about what the outside thinks. They're not necessarily trying to win the press conference. They're not. They're just simply hire the best person to do the job at the place that they can. You know, and I learned that at first. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought that was always one of Mike's. Mike Leach's strongest qualities. You know, he hired a bunch of no-name guys there that nobody had ever heard of, and and uh, now it's you know littered with head coaches and coordinators all across the country. Um, 
I thought Ruffin did a great job of it as well. I always, and then you know, being here for a couple of, of Bob's hires or involved with a few when I got when I got here, I always appreciated how decisive he was. I mean, he he found his guy. He didn't waste a whole lot of time. That's always kind of been my feel. I mean, I've you know, I don't want to sit here and go through the number of guys I've interviewed for spots, you know, coaching spots in our staff since I've been here, but it's it's not it's not a whole lot. I mean, I think you you find the person and. You, you lay out the qualities, and then, and then I think, I think the last part for me is, I've always placed such a strong value on on staff chemistry and and how, how well you do your job, but also how well do you work with the other people, and uh, that's a big part of my field and interview process. When I talk to other coaches that that have worked with a with a particular candidate, that's normally one of my first questions: is how's he get along with everybody? How's he get along with? The players, the coaches, the support staff, um, because I think that that part is so key, and we've been lucky. We've had a lot of great staff chemistry, and and uh, so it's 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 a fun process. I enjoy it because it's always exciting to, in any way that it transpires, it's always exciting to have a chance to bring in new people and people that you think can make you better. And I think these two guys make us better. Okay, far right, Jenny Carlson. Uh, yeah, Lincoln. It feels a little bit like. I know you're going to miss roughing for a lot of reasons, but what, is, what does that do for a staff? What does that do for a program to have so many guys? I think your oldest is 47 yeah. on the staff. Like, what does that do for you to have so many young guys on the staff? Well, I think it's, I think it's great for a lot of reasons. I, I think, obviously, the recruiting, you know, right off the top. I mean, the, I think the energy level. And then I think you maybe referenced in the previous question, I – if I do look for any characteristic that I felt like it has been important to, to, you know, any success that I've been a part of, I, I think guys that have that edge to continue to prove themselves. You know, I still, I still feel that way, um, just like I did the first day I started coaching. I feel still like I, I still feel like I'm trying to prove myself every single day, and that I have to, and certainly look for guys that have that same edge about them and that same competitiveness and and. Not guys, and not that an older coach doesn't have that, but I, you know, I think some of the younger guys that we've hired, I think, I think we share that, and uh, and just th that edge and that competitiveness every day, and you have to have that in this job from the way, from what it takes to recruit the great players, what it takes to develop the guys, and, and uh, that you have here currently to give them support that they need, it, it takes a lot, and uh, so. Um, I didn't go out saying we had to replace these two positions with two, you know, quote unquote, younger guys, but um, they were just the right fit and bring the right mentality to it. Okay, last question, Barry Trammell. Uh, yeah, Jamar, the, uh, you know, Lincoln paints a nice picture about the, the progress of the Oklahoma defense. But defense in the Big 12 for several years has been a, a punching bag nationally. <clears throat> were you aware of the perception of Big 12 and, and Oklahoma defense? And what can you do to sort of counter uh, that perception when you go on the recruiting trail? <laughs> you just got to work hard every day, honestly. Just got to work hard every day. And at some point, uh, we'll get better, and everybody will, will get better. But I think you just got to work hard every, every day at recruiting and, you know, doing the little things on the field at practice. And, uh, you know, the, the selling point is coming here and working with Grinch and working with Coach Riley. I mean, Grinch just has a history of uh, getting defenses turned around. I mean, he had a top 10 defense at Washington State. 
So that just sells itself. Like at Washington State, you don't, you're not getting the same athletes that USC is getting and Oregon's getting and even Arizona State. But he had a top 10 defense, and we're gonna, we're definitely we're gonna get there. And just I'm excited to work with Grant to work with Coach Coach Riley. Hopefully, I answered that question right for you. You did, you did great. Uh, yeah, you did great. <laughs> All right, that's it for this uh, portion of the presser. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to head football coach Lincoln Riley and the two newest members of the Sooner coaching staff, outside linebackers coach Jamar Kane and running backs coach DeMarco Murray. Thank you for listening to this special Sooner football press conference presented by Express Employment. For the Sooner Sports Network and Learfield IMG College, I'm Michael Dean. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.